You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is good? It's your boy, Sosa Kermendous, fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Lockdown Rams pod. Today's episode is going to be our first Fan Mail Friday. Um, so I've asked you guys to send in some questions. Um, we got in some great submissions, mostly on Twitter. And I'm going to actually have a guest join me today. And we're going to both double down and answer these questions. And so uh, you guys may know him. He's a former host, Brad, a.k.a. Bear Mater. Um, he's going to answer these questions with me. And I think we're all going to have a good time here. So Brad, my guy, how are you? Sosa, I, I'm good, man. I'm excited to be here and uh, getting comfortable in this guest chair. You know, you've been yeah. doing a great job, man. I got to give you props. I've been listening uh, since you started and you're helping me get through my drive. And I know you're helping a lot of people get through their drive going to and from work or wherever they're listening. So I want to start off by saying congratulations, my man. You made it, you know what, now two full weeks and you've gotten some awesome guests. You're doing a great job. So keep it up, man. And I'm excited to continue to, to fill this guest chair um, at any time. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, it's it's definitely weird how the tables have turned, but uh, we're going to keep you coming back as, as often as you can. So uh, just to start out the episode, we're going to talk about the first two questions that were submitted, and they were both uh, really good questions. And so one of them was about the offensive line and specifically the tackle position, and the other was about the kicker position, which I've kind of outlined in the last few days, but we'll get through that one as well. And so the first question was, how confident are you in any of the current tackles on the roster uh, to be the heir apparent to Andrew Whitworth after his retirement. Um, is there anyone who you have confidence in, or would you rather grab someone in next year's draft to protect Goff's blindside? And so, Brad, we'll kick it to you first, and then I'll go right after you. I think it's kind of like a, a two-part answer for me there. Like, the the original ants question is, like, how confident are you in the tackles besides Whitworth, you know, for uh, heir apparent? And, mm-hmm. I mean, the short answer is no, I'm not confident right now. I mean, uh in really any of them behind Whitworth kind of taking over as the heir apparent, right? Can that change Mm -hmm. by week eight or week 10 or by season's end? Yeah, of course it could. But, you know, just kind of looking at that group and you can even start with Noteboom, right? Ideally when he was drafted, he was looked to kind of be the replacement. And since then he's been kind of moved into guard and, uh, we haven't seen a lot from him, obviously, with some of the injury that he's gone through. But uh, I don't know if he's really suited to be a guard and maybe he's better outside. And maybe you can look at that example of like Austin Blythe and what, you know, the conversation he had with J.B. Long during this offseason where he talked about he's way more comfortable as being at center. And finally, he's back to his natural position. So is that what Nobloom's going to be like? You know, is it going to be he's more comfortable on the outside? And right now we're just kind of forcing him into a spot to maybe you know, try to get him some playing time or get some NFL experience. So that's a big question mark for me. And obviously you got the two, two second year players and Bobby Evans and David Edwards. Edwards seems to be projecting more as a guard right now. And, and Bobby Evans did a great job stepping in and we'll have to see where they go in, in year two. So they might be uh, one of those guys. But I think if you look kind of long term, I think like it would be smart to grab someone, whether that's in free agency or early in the draft process. Um, kind of my same thoughts for linebacker, right? I think those are the two key spots that we kind of didn't go after this year. We went really heavy in skill position. So maybe one of those guys on the line or linebacker would be uh, a good guy to grab early in the draft or in free agency. But you got to keep in mind, too, there's no college football this year or for the most part, college football, right? There's still some teams that are going to get out there, but the process is going to be tricky. So 
maybe taking best available and, and going with the safe pick is the better way to go. And, and hopefully at that position, that just kind of checks both boxes there. But um, it doesn't get easier when you get into next year's draft. But I look at the answer really to kind of sum it back up is, no, I'm not really confident with the group as an heir apparent to what Whitworth can bring as far as stability to that blind side. But is there hope and optimism? I think you could, you know, look at that as well. I think you summed it up pretty well, and my thoughts are pretty much the same as yours. So I don't think Noteboom is a guard convert. I think that's kind of just um, the Rams' only choice, I guess you could say. Uh, they didn't really address the offensive line needs even last year, and again, not this year. And so um, I think Noteboom playing guard is just more of a, this is our best case scenario as of right now, as opposed to this is our long-term plan for this guy. And so if there's anybody that I think has a shot to, I guess, be the heir apparent, it would be Noteboom. Um, but we really, really do not know what he's capable of at tackle because he hasn't played there in the NFL. And so um, that's a major question mark. And obviously his injuries are another thing to highlight too. And then like you mentioned, David Edwards and Bobby Evans are probably the two remaining names. And I wouldn't necessarily say I feel comfortable with either of those guys being slotted in either. And so um, for me, I would say that I would look definitely uh, to grabbing somebody in the next year's draft or in the free agency period, like you mentioned, uh, a guy like that I really would have loved to see come in this year. And it, it wasn't going to happen once the Rams re-signed Whitworth, but um, was Trent Williams. And obviously yeah. he ended up getting traded to the divisional rival 49ers. Of course, which is, of course he did. Right. Anywhere, anywhere but there, right? Um, and so, you know, like that was an amazing replacement for them going from a potential Hall of Famer in Joe Staley to another potential Hall of Famer in Trent Williams. And so um, for me personally, I know uh, just how Goff, uh, how affected he can be by pressure and just how different of a quarterback he is when uh, he has a clean uh, pocket versus uh, a muddied pocket. And so for me, addressing the offensive line would be of the utmost importance going forward. I would personally look to invest more at tackle, but um, I do think that Noteboom is one of the major question marks there. And so we'll hop into the second question. Uh, how do you see the Rams kicking competition unfolding? I really like Sloman. And Brad, go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, listening to you guys talk about it earlier uh, this week, whether it was yesterday or the day before, I think I'm kind of with you. Um, so as, as Liram Hilorahu, uh, mm-hmm. if I got that right. And really, I mean, that gives them a lead already in my book. It's a fun name. It's a great kicker name. Uh, that you can get excited, you know, when he's kicking it from 50 and kicking it through, you can really, I can just hear JB long digging into it and getting us excited about putting points up on the board. But um, I don't think any of them really give me a peace of mind. And I think you talked about that earlier in the week is like, there was going back to when Greg Zerline went down a couple times over the past few years, like that was stressful for anyone that came in. Like every time that uh, a new kicker lined up, you're like, Oh, what's going to happen? Like almost felt better when uh, Johnny Hecker filled in. And I remember being at that game and not knowing what happened. And we're like, wait, why is Hecker in there kicking extra points? But like at the same time, you, you feel like Johnny Hecker could do anything. So, um, but I think for the Rams, they just have to find somebody, um, you know, that kind of gives them th- that trust of, you know, is this where we, does it left, right, center, certain distances? Uh, who is that guy that comes out of this? And, you know, Sloman was drafted. So the Rams obviously like something, you don't waste a draft pick. And, and, you know, does he make this team? Is he put on the practice squad? Do they keep two kickers? But, you know, I mean, it's tough to draft a guy in the seventh round, even though it is the seventh round, but then leave him. But I think, you know, Hylorahu, as you mentioned earlier in this week, has just kind of got that experience uh, that he's going to bring that he's kicked in some playoff games. He's kicked in the cold. He's kicked outside in Canada, you know, like, 
he's got all those those as I've mentioned earlier checking those boxes I think he kind of does that the most out of these three guys but I think um, the interesting thing is how they're going to try to simulate that and I know that they did that a little bit uh, in their scrimmage but just trying to simulate that so you know going into the season and I think that's what gives him the advantage is like looking at games played and and uh, you know crazy crowds and playoff experience that type of stuff that he did up in Canada uh, I think is really going to pay off for him but I mean I don't I don't hate on anyone that who likes Sloman I just think the safer choice here uh, it really would be Lerum but again we just have to you know see what that's going to feel it's going to feel weird though at the beginning of the season when we're trotting this guy out there and it's like we've been so used to you know kind of almost getting ready to go up and get a beer because you're like all right that's three on the board even though Last year, he had kind of a rough season comparative to the years before, but uh, it's going to make some, for some interesting. I'm not going early to the fridge, that's for sure, during a Rams game mm-hmm. or going to get a beer early. I, I'm going to have to wait and see if that kick goes through. For sure. I actually seen uh, something cross my timeline on Twitter recently that said Greg Zerline actually hasn't missed a kick in Cowboys camp. He's 24 for 24, and so uh, that was a little painful to read. I'm not going to lie. And- I know. And week one, we get to see him week one, right? Yeah, I can already hear it now. The game goes down, game-winning field goal, Greg Zerline bangs it. I could just hear it now. Um, And you know what's sad for him in a weird sense? Like, you always hear the the return to the team and, you know, will they boo him? And I feel like he would have gotten a standing ovation, right? Like, that's where I hold the respect of of Greg the leg. Um, And I just feel like Rams Nation and and especially, like, getting us to the Super Bowl, you know, really on, on the leg of that booming kick that he put up I feel like he would have gotten a standing O, and he deserves it for everything that he did here that whole special teams room from snap to hold to kick has been together for so long and he won't get that which is unfortunate and, and hopefully the Rams uh you know send him home you know with a loss too but uh yeah as you said that it, it made me think about you know he's not going to have that experience but I'm sure I would hope that Rams Nation would give him a standing O. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, he's held in high regard. At least for me, he is. There's absolutely no sour feelings or anything like that. I think the Rams actually made the choice to move on from Zerline as opposed to Zerline choosing to move on from the Rams, though I yeah. I, I wouldn't quote myself on that. But um, yeah, so I mean, anyone that's listened to the last few episodes knows that I'm a, a Liram Hyrulahu guy. I, he's a hometown guy for me. He played for my Hamilton Tiger Cats. I live in Hamilton, so the connection's there. Uh, he's Balkan. I'm Balkan. I mean, he went to school Western. That's not too far from where I live. Uh, I mean, so, we yeah. got to get you a Jersey. This guy's got to yeah. be our kicker. We got to get you a Jersey. We got to get signed. There's a, there's a deep yeah. connection there. I'm yeah, exactly. It. I've I had buddies on the Western Mustangs football team who played with him. And so, um, like, he's just my guy. And then obviously, like you mentioned, I think he's probably the most qualified as well. He's a two-time CFL all-star. Um, he punted, he kicked in the CFL and he played at the highest level, um, outside of the NFL as opposed to the rest of the guys. And so, yeah, um, you know, there's something to be said about playing in high pressure situations and playing in the cold, like you said, in Canada and everything like that. And so I think that kind of separates him in addition to, he's just more experienced, you know, he's third, I think he's like 29 or 30 years old. He might just be better suited to handle the the pressures of being a, a professional kicker and stuff like that. And so um, I think those are things that are, that are going to really help him separate uh, from the rest of the competition at kicker. But you know, it remains to be seen how uh, everything's going to shake out. We don't have preseason games. And so pretty much how these guys kick in, in training camp practices is going to go and uh, decide who's going to stick. But coming up in just a moment, Brad and I are going to discuss how the Rams can prepare for the Cowboys in week one and which rookie will make the biggest and quickest impact in 2020. All of it is going to be on the next segment of the Locked On Rams podcast. And come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. 
You can find me at QB's MVP. You can find the page at Lockdown Rams. And you can find Brad at LA underscore Rambling Bear. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. My word has to hold a lot of weight because I've lost 150 pounds over the last 20 months. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and have finally stumbled upon one called the Built Bar. You need to check them out. They're absolutely delicious. They've got 18 different flavors and you can never really get bored. The bars are also healthy. They're low calorie. They're low in sugar. They've got 19 grams of protein. They're high in fiber and they even work for those on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off all orders. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So in the last segment, I teased the two upcoming questions which are related to the week one matchup against the Dallas Cowboys and the rookie draft class. Uh, The first question we'll begin with is, normally we have at least preseason film to study teams, but with the Cowboys undergoing a coaching transition, what can the Rams do to be prepared for week one if it happens? Brad? Oh, the if it happens part just breaks my heart, you know, like even mm-hmm. thinking about that and uh, got to give a shout out really quick to Built Bar and for, again, being in the guest chair and not having to do the ad read. So you did. A, <laughs> I love it. And <laughs> they're giving away a cooler. So if you guys haven't tried it before, you got to go check it out. But um, no, getting back to the question, it's a great question. Right. But the, the interesting thing is that uh, the same could be said about, you know, their coaching staff getting ready for us. Right. Our offense is going to be, you know, maybe people could you know, go back to what McVay's going to do, and that's going to be pretty similar. But our defense, I mean, uh, they got to figure out what we're doing because even as we talk, I mean, we don't know what we're doing yet, right? I mean, we're seeing a Mm -hmm. little bit, um, but we're not getting a lot of access to that stuff. There's no preseason to look at what Staley's really putting in, and, and, you know, they're not really giving us a lot. So, uh, you know, I think if if you want to look at it for the Rams, you know, maybe you have to go back a couple years and check out McCarthy and uh, check up some some tape from a couple years ago with him, but keep it you know, pretty loosely based because again, you don't know what he's been working on. I saw a piece on McCarthy and the coaching staff that he had been putting together, that they were like sitting in this bunker somewhere for a year preparing for when they were going to get a head coaching job again. So who knows what they've come up in that time together. Um, But maybe you got some indications on some things that he does. And then, you know, as for their defense, you got to go and see what Nolan was doing with the saints the past couple of years, try to figure out maybe some schemes and some things that could, uh, you know, tip it off. But I think really the McVay answer with this is kind of the classic. We have to control what we can control and make sure we understand our own offense and defense at this point with the new coaches and, and the classic Bill Belichick uh, do your job, right? If, if they just focus on doing their job, whatever the Cowboys end up doing, they'll have to work with what the Rams are doing on defense and offense and things like that. So maybe there's not a perfect answer to that question, especially in this off season, is going to be the weirdest one with coaching changes. And we've talked about that before with the Rams and how they're going to adjust in the weird off season with, you know, all the new stuff that's going on. But I think for McVeigh and, and the team is like, just focus on doing your job and the rest should take care of itself. And then just in-game adjustments, right? Like, Oh, we were looking at this and now they're hitting us with a lot of this. So how do we adjust to that on the fly? And I think that McVeigh and this young coaching staff are, are going to have the boys ready to play, but it's, it's a tough matchup. Definitely with Dallas, you know, it's no, cupcake opener that you see in the NCAA where you know number one team in the nation's playing some you know division two school to get a win on the board to start the season this is the Dallas Cowboys coming in SoFi Stadium in an empty stadium and that's just gonna be weird in itself and how that how that's being played but um, I think that's the best you could do yeah it's a tough uh, question to answer I think I guess the best answer I could give is that you know McCarthy spent 
I think I want to say almost a decade in Green Bay uh, prior yeah. to being fired, I think in 2019. And so, you know, you got about a decade's worth of tape that you can go back and scout and watch like that. Um, but in addition to that, I um, McCarthy is bringing back offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. And Kellen Moore was with the Cowboys last year and he called plays uh, last year, I believe. Right. And I believe he's going to call plays again this year. And so um, you've got to expect some sort of carryover, at least from last season, especially with how good the Cowboys offense was last year. I mean, Dak was pretty much top five across the board in pass attempts and passing yards and passing touchdowns and yards per attempt. I mean, their offense is fantastic. And so um, it would be strange to see them scrap a lot of what they did last year. So I would assume that a lot of what they did last year is going to be carrying over into this season. And so um, that offense is only going to get more potent adding CD lamb at wide receiver three, and then transitioning from a 40, 40 year old Jason Witten, who probably runs a five, five forty at this point <laughs> to a more athletic, dangerous tight end up to seam and Blake Jarwin. And so I've written a lot about the Cowboys this offseason. That's definitely a team you want to target in fantasy football for the record. But, yeah, it's going to be a very tough matchup for the Rams. And and then, like you mentioned as well, the Rams are undergoing changes themselves too. So it kind of works both ways. And I think um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how everything unfolds. But I also think that has the potential to be, like, one of the funnest games right out of the gate. I mean, yeah. who knows what's going to happen, obviously, just anywhere across the NFL. But – Wow, that that's some star power in that game, and and to open up so far, I don't think you could probably open it up any better with two dangerous offenses like that. And the scary thing for the Rams' schedule is just kind of looking at it is, I mean, we play our division twice, we know that, so it's like every out of division game is so important. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. got to be able to stack up some of those non division opponent wins, and like you said, it's starting with this, you know, just amazing Sunday night football game. Uh, but yeah, so that, that it's crazy to think if you lose week one of the season that you're going to be crushed and it's going to like take this big emotional toll if you lose it. But, um, I could see it, you know, how do you bounce back on that, but protecting your house on the opener, all that stuff. So it is, it's a juicy one to start the season, but the Rams got to come out fast. And I think, you know, that's the focus and as we'll continue to watch hard knocks, I think they're going to start really lasering into just, you know, starting fast and that's what they got to do for sure. I guess we'll transition to the next question. And this is a really good question. It says, which rookie do you think has a chance to impact the team the most this season, whether that be right away or by the end of the year? It is a great question. And weirdly, it's really hard to like narrow this in because I think there's really four or five guys that could help us out this season. And, you know, if you look in the past few drafts for the Rams, you can't really say that really. I mean, you look last year, you got Taylor Rapp, who was a big contributor. And there was a couple of the guys on the O-line that we talked about earlier um, but this year, I mean, I think really, if you're looking at immediate impact, I got to go with our first pick of Cam Akers, especially as you look at uh, the Henderson situation with how he's kind of has this nagging injury right now. What does that mean for uh, Cam as far as getting a few of those extra carries, especially early on in the season? If, if uh, Henderson's not a full go at that point or if he's playing on 80 percent, maybe they look to kind of uh, be cautious with them. So that means extra carries for Cam and obviously uh, Malcolm Brown as well. But if Cam takes those extra four or five carries and makes them impactful, then all of a sudden they're going, well, that cowbell stuff we've always kind of been throwing around with Cam Akers since we drafted him. Maybe that is what he can be. And we'll, you know, loop in Henderson there. But I think he has the best chance to be an immediate impact. But then there's the second wave of guys, right? Like Van, I think uh, Van Jefferson definitely has opportunities to get in early on in the season. And and we talked about this maybe in our first podcast together. But if he does well, um, 
he's got a chance to pass Reynolds, right? At some point, maybe that's not, you know, the first five weeks of the season, but down the, down the line, if he continues to produce when he's in there, uh, you can see him being a big contributor in that offense. And then if you go to the defense side, you got Terrell Lewis again, uh, because of the opportunity, I think he's got a, a really good chance to be impact from day one. I uh, go back to what we saw with Dante Fowler and him coming over and everyone was down on Fowler and, uh, you know, yes, he's got three or four extra years of experience in the NFL, but that AD effect is real people. And I think that's going to be great for a rookie to be able to kind of, you know, have a, a monster like that up front. Brockers back is a big help, but um, it just comes down to can, you know, Terrell Lewis stay healthy. Can he be uh, a good pass rusher? I was listening to you guys earlier in the week and talking about that, you know, he's kind of got that bull rush and then what, right. And even if the mm-hmm. bull rush doesn't work, where does he go? And I think that's, can he develop his game? And if he does, he'll see a really big impact right away. And then you got Terrell Burgess and Jordan Fuller, uh, who you're hearing nothing but great things from them. And I think the best thing about them is they fit perfectly into this secondary as far as a where-do-you-need-me type of guy, right, in the slot, as a safety, in the nickel package, on special teams. Like, they're two guys that I feel like you almost could put anywhere on the field in that secondary or in special teams. And so far, we're hearing good reports that they're making plays. So those guys can be uh, fillers along the way. And depending on how injuries go, because it's the NFL, it's going to happen that they can really – uh, like Taylor Rapp, he took advantage of that injury last year, John Johnson, and really kind of thrived in that position. I think either one of those guys uh, definitely has that opportunity. We haven't even mentioned our buddy Fudge yet, right? And and can he get out of his own head? Because I think that's his biggest thing. And I'm talking about Clay Johnson. Uh, I think his biggest thing is you're watching Hard Knocks is he's just kind of too hard on himself and he's overthinking every play. He's trying to get every play right. And in that case, he almost gets a lot of the plays wrong. So if he can kind of just relax and play football, I think, uh, you know, he can be a guy that could be a special teamer. And then, as you mentioned earlier in the week, like he may get some run at linebacker. And then we didn't even talk about Hopkins, right? If Gerald Everett is on the team past week eight, which is a a question mark, right? Um, Or if either Higby or Everett get hurt, which they both got banged up in the past couple of years, then Hopkins gets a, uh, Hopkins gets a chance to shine in McVay's offense. So, you know, with that said, it's like, yeah, there's four or five, you know, any of these guys could really come in and make, I think, Cam is the guy that does the immediate, and then a few of those guys on defense have a chance. But I think Jake said it earlier in the week, it's one of the better drafts that he can remember for the Rams in a long time. And I have to agree, because when I heard this question, it's like, wow, it's like endless amount of people that I could see coming in and contributing, whether it's immediate, down the road, or at the end of the season. Yeah, there's a lot of good options here. I was going to go with the, I guess, boring answer and say Cam Akers, because I think he's going to start right out of the gate. And I think he's going right. to factor in very heavily in the offense right out of the gate. But just to make things fun, I'll go uh, with someone else and I'll go with Terrell Burgess actually. And so, yeah, I don't know what the plan is with Burgess exactly in terms of, you know, where they want to play him and where they think his ideal spot is. But um, that's what kind of makes him special to me is that he's got the ability to play everywhere. And so, that is something I know that obviously defensive coordinators are going to value, but not only that, but he can play everywhere at a high level. And so I think the Rams letting go of someone like Nikel Roby Coleman in the slot kind of speaks to just how good an, a player Terrell Burgess is and how much trust they have in guys like David Long and Terrell Burgess specifically. So um, I'm going to go with Burgess. I think he could play uh, like single high on his own. I think he could play split safety coverages and cover two kind of thing. Um, I think he can excel in the nickel. A lot of his snaps that really impressed me at Utah last year were him lining up in nickel and actually yeah. playing man coverage against slot receivers. Um, and then he's got enough physicality to also line up as a, a de facto dime linebacker. And so I think his versatility is going to prove to be very useful for Brandon Staley. 
And I think kind of the lack of having a, an established nickel corner, um, as well as just having a young safety at Dua. And then you, when you factor in Taylor Rapp's injury, um, I mean, the, the way is kind of being paved right there for Burgess to kind of step in and secure himself a pretty big role right out of the gate. And though uh, he might not play as many snaps as a guy like Akers will right out of the gate, I think by season's end, we're going to really be looking at someone where um, he's developing quickly. And we're going to kind of be talking about him in the John Johnson mold of like, I don't know how this guy got drafted in the third round. I don't know how he <laughs> right. lasted in the third round, but damn, this guy's good. He's just a really good football player. And so uh, I'm going to go with Burgess. I think he's going to make an immediate impact. And uh, I think his snaps, we're, we're going to see his snaps kind of increase as time goes by throughout the year. Yeah, sadly, um, we might be saying that about him when, you know, John Johnson is in a Jets uniform next year, you know, like <laughs> yeah. when that, that pick really worked out in that third round. But, you know, we'll see. And I'm sure there's some John Johnson fans that are hoping maybe some of these guys don't play that well for that reason. But uh, mm-hmm. I guess, you yeah, know, that's what that's what time will tell. But for the Rams sake, it's good to stack up that position and, and you know, get some young guys that are cheap right now that can go out and play right away. Yeah, that's another another factor too, for sure, the, the future outlook. But coming up when we return, Brad and I are going to discuss whether or not the secondary is as good as they're touted to be and what quarterback Jared Goff's ceiling might be as a quarterback. Make sure to check back next week for Monday's episode. Most of the highlights coming out of camp are appear to be big plays from the defensive backs, the secondary. And so... This question is an interesting one. I'm curious to see where you head with your answer here. So the question is, most of the camp highlights are showing big plays from our DBs. Are you buying the hype that the unit is simply playing elite football? Or is there a concern that our quarterbacks and overall offense are struggling and making too many mistakes? Oh, man, I'm believing the hype. I am believing the hype. I mean, as we just talked about some of those rookies that can make an impact and how we're excited about those guys. And then you throw in, of course, Jalen Ramsey and what he brings to one side of the field and, and um, Troy Hill, who listening to you the other day, very important free agent piece coming up. And I am so high on Darius Williams. Like I, I'm Williamson. I think he is going to be just an awesome depth to that secondary. And I think even just watching him fill in last year and really should have ended up with like four picks. Like I think he, uh, one was a pass interference that they called a pick back. Another one, he just, I mean, it hit the chest and just dropped. I mean, that was one he probably looks back and, and saying he should have. And then he had two real picks. So, I mean, in a few games, he really should have had about four picks. Uh, so the depth in the secondary is real. And and then keep in mind, we didn't even, you know, Dante Dion is is funny guy and makes hard knocks fun to watch, but he's also an ascending talent. He's really good. Like he's, he's another guy that if gets an opportunity – um, to find a role in that secondary. I think he's a guy that, you know, is kind of getting the attention because he makes you laugh when you hear him laugh. But I think he's also a really, really good talent that's getting better and just even kind of how they highlighted him on last episode, getting in there, he dropped the interception, but he's there making the play and reading it. And, um, you know, and then you, you mentioned another name, David Long Jr. You know, my guy from Michigan is getting better every day. And uh, he made a big play in practice the other day, ripping the ball from Robert Woods, a guy that is Mr. Consistent when it comes to not turning the football over. So, those type of things start to give you an idea that yes, the hype is real. And, and, you know, to kind of touch on the quarterback stuff. I mean, I think um, what we've seen from hard knocks and some of the stuff that some of the local people are posting, I think Jared actually looks the most relaxed as QB one that I've, I've seen him so far in his career here. I mean, the movement that he's working with and some of the throws that they they have shown, I think it's just, he's facing a really good, really good defense. Right. I mean, 
talk about hard knocks and AD uh, just getting to him and, and so fast. And he's like, dude, this AD guy is unreal. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and, you know, hopefully we'll see some of the good stuff I'm talking about for golf translate. Um, But, you know, looking at Jalen Ramsey's one-handed interception that got all the buzz the other day, I mean, it's a pretty solid throw. I'm pretty sure that was golf that threw that. It's just a better defensive play. So I think uh, the good thing is, Goff's got this really tough secondary to go against, so he's got to be tighter with his windows. He's got to move around because AD's giving him pressure. So hopefully this is something that's going to make uh, Jared Goff a better quarterback, but you know, he, de- he definitely has a lot to prove. I agree. Um, I'm buying the hype on the unit. So, you know, there's not many uh, household names, I want to say, outside of, you know, obviously Jalen Ramsey, but a lot of the guys have proven just over, like, even – if we go back to last year or even the the last few years, they have solid potential contributions to give to the defense. And so you see a guy like Troy Hill who's come in and out of the starting lineup for a few years. And every time he comes in, he looks solid. And then like you mentioned, Darius Williams, the guy I'm really high on. I mean, he came in last season and played a handful of games while uh, the cornerbacks had some injury issues and he looked really freaking good. Now I'm not saying he's going to be the next $18 million a year corner or something, but, if you can find a corner that can start or at least spot start, like that's really important because that's a hard position. Even the best of the best are going to get beat. That's just how the game is. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, there's some other intriguing names there too, like David Long, who we have yet to see really anything out of, but PFF where I write was incredibly high on him uh, coming out. And then another guy like Dante Dion as well, who really shined in the preseason last year. So I think there's a lot of potential there. I think there's a lot of, uh, good players. They're good, solid football players. Um, there's a lot of depth. And I think all the Rams really have to do right now is just kind of sort out how they want to attack the season in terms of who's going to be opposite of Jalen Ramsey on the outside, who's going to line up in the nickel spot, who's going to be up next as the cornerback for in case of injury or something, you know, COVID related or whatever. Um, so I think that's pretty much the main issue with the secondary in terms of just trying to figure out the rotation and who's going to step up and how they want to play it. Um, but yeah, I'm buying the, I'm buying the secondary all day. I mean, like you mentioned, I think golf looks pretty comfortable. I don't, you know, I, I think last year was a big learning experience for him and I think he's going to be better off um, in 2020 because of it. Now, you know, the offensive line is going to be a major key, but I do think he uh, is going to improve just in terms of, you know, his footwork and his decision-making and everything like that. And I think having a legitimate offensive coordinator in Kevin O'Connell is going to make all the world of a difference for him in this season. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And and you're right. I think getting beat up like that last year, I mean, you look at it, it's one of those situations, can it get any worse? And you really hope the answer is no, um, <laughs> but you, you don't know right now. But hopefully uh, this offseason with having some opportunity to fix in that line and and Jared, kind of what we've seen his whole career, going back to his first year at Cal, where he, I think won like one or two games, he just got beat up to all hell. I mean, it's just kind of like it makes you stronger. And hopefully uh, with a healthy running back, quote unquote, healthy running back mm-hmm. um, and, you know, some some more stability at that wide receiver position, those guys and, and adding some depth that, um, you know, he can get out there and prove himself worthy of that QB one number one draft pick. Yeah, and actually, this is a perfect segue. This is our final question for the episode. How long do you think Jared Goff will be the Rams' quarterback one, and or what is his career ceiling? <laughs> I love this question because it will never end until like I feel like he wins the Super Bowl. But um, I think, you know, how long will he be QB1? I, I think his contract says it's going to be a while, right? I mm-hmm, mean, I think mm-hmm. his, 
his potential first out uh, to get out of that contract is in 2023. Uh, at that point, he'd already had four years under his belt and $110 million paid to him. Um, I think the dead cat money at that point is about $8.6 million, and you can maybe get out of that a little bit. Um, but my hope is really at that point that we're loving Jared Goff, and we're loving, we're seeing these crazy Pat Mahomes contracts, and Dak's going to come in, and all of a sudden we feel like in 2023, 2024, that, hey, Jared Goff's a pretty good deal for whatever it is, 24, 25 million that it is at that point uh, per year. So um, I hope I see a scenario where, where Jared Goff plays out, you know, majority of his contract and then maybe the last couple of years in the very less need type of way that maybe he cuts or trades them and tries to go with a, a cheaper quarterback to maybe then pay the next big superstar that's on the Rams roster as he loves to kind of pay big on certain guys. But um, I do think the ceiling for him is is got to be like he's got to win that Super Bowl, and he was so close. And I think he'll kind of end up being a guy um, like Matt Ryan. I mean, well, you know, Matt Ryan could you know show one one two or or needs to win one two, but maybe he's not a top five guy, but he's a top ten guy that you most teams would look at and go, yeah, we would love to have Jared Goff. And you know, it's really then up to him to prove us wrong and 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 try to climb into that top five, but. I think he's really just got to take better care of the football. Way too many turnovers, whether it's fumbling or interceptions, uh, just really throughout his career. And then um, I think one of the things that I saw, it may have been PFF, it could have been another outlet, but um, he was the worst in the league last year hitting anything past his first option. I think it was like his completion percentage past his first option was like in the 30% range and uh, the highest was Russell Wilson with like 110 quarterback rating or whatever it was. But, um, it, and it sucks again in the division. Does it got to be the guy in the division? Of course it does. But mm-hmm. I think for him, it's, it's taking care of the football and it's progression in reads. Um, and I think he's going to be just fine. You know, he's got the arm strength. He's shown to be a tough quarterback. He's not going to get, you know, there's always a chance for injury, but he's been able to kind of bounce up. Uh, he's been a pretty good leader, a little quiet, but he's starting to take that role even more. You can tell. So, I've got big expectations for him, but like we said uh, right before leading into this question, it's it's really, if you pick anybody on this Rams roster, I think it's Jared Goff as far as the the most to prove right now is is really sitting on, on Jared Goff and QB1. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams made it very clear uh, in terms of what they think of Jared Goff when Sean McVay took the job. First of all, I don't think he would have taken the job if he wasn't ready to marry his career to Jared Goff, right. so... That's one big thing I think that, you know, not many people spoke about. And and a lot of people thought the Rams were going to make a run at Kirk Cousins, which just made no sense to me at all at that time. Um, but in addition to that, I mean, they gave him a massive contract, which I think had the most guaranteed money of all time at when he signed it. Um, and so, you know, he does need to play better. That's, that's for sure. He does need to take the next step forward. And him signing that contract kind of, you know, puts more on his shoulders just because that leaves less money for, you know, other guys that could make his job easier, like offensive linemen, you know, that might've been the reason a guy like Roger Saffold had to be like, Oh, and so I think they were married to Jared Goff for the, at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, I can't see the Rams moving on from Goff for at least two to three seasons. And like you mentioned, the salary cap hit is obviously a major issue in that uh, scenario. Um, But in terms of his career ceiling, I think he's probably, we've probably already witnessed it in 2018. I think that's probably what his career ceiling is. And now there's nothing wrong with that being a ceiling. That was a borderline MVP season, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it. I think it was kind of like a mixture of a perfect storm in terms of the Rams being on top, uh, having like amazing skill position players, having an amazing offensive line, 
the scheme humming because not, you know, Sean McVay was still relatively new. He was only a year into his head coaching experience at that point. So um, I, I don't think people necessarily had him figured out at that point in time. And so uh, I, I would say 2018 is a ceiling. Um, but again, you know, there's nothing wrong with that ceiling. I think any Rams fan and any Rams coach and anybody that's related with the Rams would be more than happy to see a, a repeat of the 2018 performance that we've seen from Goff. Yeah, and and you're right. If if we see anything like that again, then I think every Rams fan is going to be super excited. But there's just so much pressure when you're the number one pick. You know, there's so much, especially in a year that when there's two quarterbacks that are right there, and you see the other one still doing really well. And and you know, there's a lot of questions about that. But um, I think we're in a good position with them. But this year is going to be a big prove it year. And and uh, you know, if he can kind of get some things done, then I think there's you know, you'll get some more people in Rams nation and nationally that kind of maybe take a little, little heat off him from what he's gotten in this, you know, this last season going into this off season. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, that's going to wrap up our first fan mail Friday. And so I think we had a great time answering the questions. Rams nation. Thank you for sending the questions in. Uh, we're going to try to make this a thing every Friday moving forward, at least probably throughout the rest of the season. And don't forget to check back in with us on Monday to hear what's next on the lockdown Rams podcast. Just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP. You can find Brad at LA underscore Rambling Bear. And you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more. See ya.